What happens during the mediation? Hello, my name's Martin Ellis from Ellis Mediation. This podcast explains what happens during a mediation. So if you are asked to participate in the mediation, either as the party looking for compensation or as the defendant, then you will know broadly what to expect. The process explained below applies equally to a face-to-face mediation where everyone is present in the room or an online mediation where the mediation takes place with the parties and the mediator not in the same room. If there are any points where what happens may differ between a face-to-face mediation or an online mediation, these will be pointed out. Please note that the story below assumes there are two parties to the mediation. In reality, there can be several parties to the mediation, including parties such as insurance companies who have an interest in the mediation. This makes the administrative process, such as rooms required, more complicated, and the group or joint meetings are larger may take longer, but the basic process is as explained below. Most mediations take place in one day, though it can be a long day, with some mediations with several parties lasting long into the evening before an agreement is reached. Experience shows it is better to seal the deal when all parties are present. If the parties leave the mediation to consult with their advisors, such as lawyers, then it is likely that the advisors will raise concerns which will reduce the chance of a mediated agreement. It is much better to have the advisors present during the mediation so that they can be consulted there and then. Part 1. Arranging appropriate facilities for the meeting. The first priority for the mediator is to ensure that the location used for a mediation is suitable, particularly for a face-to-face mediation. Ideally, three rooms will be available, one larger room where all the parties and the mediator can meet, and for the mediator to use when the parties are back in their own rooms, and separate rooms for the parties to use where the mediator can meet them on their own. For online mediations, the mediator uses breakout rooms where parties can have a private space and where the mediator can join each party to have confidential conversations. There is then also a main room where all the parties and the mediator can meet together if it is useful for them to have a joint meeting. Part 2. Start of the meeting. Traditionally, mediations start with a group or joint meeting with everyone together, but this is not compulsory. In some mediations, the relationship between the parties is so bad that it it is safer for the mediator to meet each party individually and then to see if a joint meeting might be possible once the mediation has got underway. If the parties agree to a group meeting, the mediator starts by explaining some housekeeping rules. These points will have been in the mediation agreement which the parties must sign before the mediation begins, but even so it is useful to remind people about what is expected of them, in particular that 1. The whole mediation process is confidential, so no details about the mediation can be discussed with anyone not involved with the mediation today, and the mediator will not discuss any issues raised by one party with the other party unless express permission is given to do so. 2. The mediation process is without prejudice. So, if the mediation fails and the case ends up in court, then no details about the mediation can be raised in court. Of course, the subject matter of the mediation can be discussed in court, but for instance, in court, neither party is allowed to say, during the mediation, the mediator said, etc.
Three, during group or joint meetings, the people must be allowed to speak without interruption, which is often easier said than done. Once this joint meeting is finished, the parties will move to their own rooms where the mediator will join them for confidential discussions. Further group or joint meetings will be proposed when there is something which all the parties need to discuss together. The mediator invites both parties to briefly explain how they feel about what has happened so far and what they are lo looking for from the mediation. This allows both parties to explain how deeply the dispute has affected them, which is sometimes helpful as it helps each party really understand what the other party is going through and so sometimes makes each party think more deeply about their own needs from the mediation, maybe making a medi mediated agreement more likely. If the dispute has been particularly bitter and either party is uncomfortable speaking at this time, then this stage can be left out and the mediation moves directly to separate meetings. Once each party has spoken, the group meeting ends and the parties move to their own rooms. Usually the mediator first meets the party which has raised the complaint, or the, po the prosecution in legal parlance, but this is not compulsory to do it this way. Part 3. The Mediation Meetings The mediator meets with each party to get a better understanding of their view about what has happened with the dispute so far, and to understand where the potential areas of compromise might be. The first separate meeting with each party often lasts between 45 minutes to an hour. Further separate meetings will probably be shorter. The mediator can be tempted to rush this stage, but an experienced mediator will know that the parties need to have time to explain how they see things and to consider their own position, so this stage takes as long as it needs to take for progress to be made. It can take most of the day to work through this stage. After the first separate meetings, it is then for the mediator to decide whether more separate meetings are necessary or if a group or joint meeting would be more productive. It is often the case that the mediator needs to go back to one or both parties to ask further questions to understand their view on certain points before another group or joint meeting can be held. The mediator may move between parties to explore certain possibilities regarding what a mediated agreement may look like. The mediator may ask permission to raise a suggestion from one party to the other party to ensure that confidentiality is protected at all times in case a party wants to keep their thoughts private from now. The mediator plays many roles during the day of the mediation, but the role which often surprises people is that of a critical friend. The mediator needs to empathise with all parties, but as a critical friend to all parties, the mediator should be ready to ask hard or difficult questions of some or all of the parties. This means asking questions which a party may not want to be asked or which they find difficult to answer, but which need to be asked in order to give the mediation the best chance of being successful. This is something that parties new to mediation are not expecting, but the hard question is often productive in terms of moving the process forward, particularly if one party needs to look at their position in a different light. Part 4. Final Agreement if the mediator feels there is enough common ground for a mediated agreement to be built, then a group or joint meeting will be held where the contents of a possible mediated agreement can be discussed. Further separate meetings can be held if additional points need to be discussed further before the group or joint meeting reassembles. But if both parties agree with the proposed contents of a mediated agreement, then either the mediator or the lawyers for the parties can compile a draft agreement 
there and then for the parties to consider and then sign if they are happy. Some mediations cannot be completed in one day, especially when several parties are involved. So not completing in one day is not necessarily a sign of failure. It is up to the mediator to motivate and cajole the parties and the revisers to keep moving forwards towards a mediated agreement, even if it takes more than one day to do so. It is generally agreed that 80% of mediations result in a mediated agreement, but this does not mean that the 20% that do not result in a mediated agreement have failed. It is often the case that whilst a mediated agreement was not reached on the day of the mediation, by the end of the day the parties have a much better understanding of each other's position, and so after the mediation an agreement is reached in days or weeks time, which would not have happened without the mediation. We hope you have found this podcast interesting. If you have any questions about the podcast or if you have a dispute where we might be able to help you, please contact us on 01604 for a free consultation or via email at martin at ellismediation.co.uk or see our website www.ellismediation.co.uk Thank you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye.